Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We are actually recording on uh, Mother's Day today, so shout out to all the moms out there, just not the anime moms, because the anime moms are usually terrible. Uh, if they're still alive, unfortunately. But uh... <laughs> Shout out to the good anime moms, all, like, four of them. Erased. If they have a side ponytail, they're definitely dead. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. What 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 other good good moms are there that aren't dead in anime? Uh, we said I mean, erased. There's a race. There's Deku's mom in My Hero Academia. She's yeah, well, that's a, a good one. A pretty good anime mom. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a, sure if I'm sure if I had the time to think about it, I could come up with a list. But it's not off a the top bench. of my head. I got nothing. Uh, Luluko's mom is simultaneously oh, yeah, sure. the worst. Well, she's not the a best, good mom. The but... best anime mom. <laughs> what was her What was her name again? Uh, space pirate something something. Space pirate empress something yeah, something like that. Uh, Light speed here. something. Uh, Lalako Godspeed. Yeah, yes. there we go. Hell of a name. Um, <laughs> Space Pirate Empress Lalako Godspeed or something. Yes, yeah. that's a it's a good name, but not a good mom. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So we are about halfway through the spring 2020 season here already. Um, surprisingly, after all the doom and gloom we were predicting last episode most of the shows that we were watch watching are still running for now um and some have actually completed but we'll get to that in a second uh before we dive into all that let's just introduce everybody i'm gel and we're joined as always by iroh i'm still here not dead yet yes thankfully and g what's good y'all and we Artemis. Hey, also not dead, very surprisingly. Thankfully, yes, we're all still here. Um, yeah, so, like I said, uh, some shows have actually... We, we talked about last time shows that were being cancelled due to the current uh, COVID-19 situation, but uh, in the meantime, in, since last episode, we've also had announcements for shows that are supposedly finished uh, since... Uh, since we last uh, spoke, and actually, I will link. I'll link this in the notes. But there, uh, Anime News Network has been keeping a, a list of shows that are confirmed completed productions. Yeah. But uh, we already knew about um, the uh, my next life as a villainess is complete, and uh, they announced that. Um, oh, oh, and, and B and A, of course, ended up dropping the rest of their episodes. I think that was a mm-hmm. a, a question mark, but. Um, We'll have we'll have words for BNA here shortly, but that did finish the the rest of the series dropped on Netflix uh, this this week was it this week? Sure, last week this week. Who knows? Nobody has any concept of time anymore. But uh, yeah, so they also con- also confirmed was Sing Yesterday for Me's confirmed complete production sure. and so Arte. Arte yeah. If anybody is still watching that, but that <laughs> oh is, good. Uh, <laughs> I was so, so worried about Arte. So in our best anime of uh, spring season discussion, only counting shows that are complete, 
that's uh <laughs> those are our options so far we'll see if uh other shows make it interestingly they said some shows are close to being done so that's a there's a question mark so like for example uh Kaguya-sama Love is War, they said there's only a little bit left to do, so they're trying, I guess they're trying to finish it, so that might make it. But, uh, yeah, that situation continues to develop. I think we were all starting to say last time that it's really going to be next season, I think it's going to get hit hit really hard, right? Like, yeah, shows probably. that should, should be in production right now, or should have started production, you know, a couple weeks ago for next season. Yeah, the the nature of pre-production means that I think uh, we will see a lot of delays or outright cancellations of shows next season, just because. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, the work for them ideally would be starting around now, but. Yeah, if not sooner, at so- some time during the peak uh, stay-at-home orders, right? But. We shall see. Uh, all right. Um, so let's get into shows we actually are watching, or in this case, maybe let's start with a uh, combination here of uh, game and anime. We've been talking about the the Soccer Wars anime that's been airing this season. Mm-hmm. And just for a little context, the game that the anime is... A sequel to <laughs> a sequel to did come out in Japan, I think, like six months ago or so. So from from that perspective, people watching the anime in theory would have played the game. But for people outside of Japan, the game was not released un- uh, until just this past week, or maybe the week before. I don't know. Again, time nobody knows what's going on. But since our last episode, the game has come out. The uh, kind. I, I wouldn't call it a reboot, but it is a soft new game. Reboot. I think it's fair to call it a soft reboot, yeah. I mean, it's it's, a, it's definitely intended to be kind of a new starting point for both yeah, you know, old players like, and new players alike. Like, like it's not retconning any plot or, or redoing the ma- main plot or the from the old games or anything, but it is kind of like easing everyone back in since it's been 15 years since the last game. And um, I get the impression I'm probably enjoying the game more than you guys are enjoying the anime i would say that's accurate probably <laughs> that sounds uh, right um we're counting the, on you to fill in the holes in our knowledge of the content yeah so from the game perspective i would like if if there's a such thing as objectively judging a video game i would not objectively call soccer wars games good <laughs> but they have a certain um janky JRPG charm to them, I suppose. Um, they are mostly dating sim, more so than RPG, and actually this new game, I don't even know if there is any RPG to it at all, because they replaced the gameplay with like action stuff, but um, if you're in that kind of mood for, it feels like a PS2 era, like B-tier JRPG type of uh, wacky, colorful anime nonsense type of thing, which I think you guys are at least getting some of that in the anime, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> don't be too enthusiastic about it, but... Uh, <laughs> the, uh, if you say so. Yeah. I'll try to contain my enthusiasm. Yeah, I, I, feel, I do feel like, and I, I will ha- I'm holding off on watching the anime because you guys are telling me it's like 
supposed to be after the game, right? So mm-hmm. on the off chance that there might be some kind of spoiler or something, I have not been watching it, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, should we just get into it? <laughs> or Yeah, I mean, why not? I... So did, the thi- what, did something uh, happen this past? Uh... No, it's not that anything specifically happened to this specific like set of episodes. I think it's just more as Iro and I begin to like learn more and more about the Soccer Wars franchise, and specifically the like the the circumstances around the this new one, and also known as Shin Soccer Wars. The more we began to realize that so- the currently airing anime might be one of the first examples of, like, cross-media post-game DLC. (laughs) That's kind of how it feels, because, like, they're bringing up stuff to do with side characters that, to my knowledge, uh, were open questions by the end of the game of, like, what's the deal with this person? And and it seems as though the anime is going to explore some of those things. Yeah. Like, it's doing stuff to flesh out other characters who maybe didn't get a ton of spotlight in the actual game. And Hmm. this means it's a very odd to watch devoid of context. Yeah. I mean, it it gives a little context to, I think our, our complaints we had in the prior podcast about how there were certain story developments in Sakura Wars, the animation that felt like things that should have been in the game. Like, I don't mean like very high minded concepts. I mean, basic story-building elements that you would have assumed would have been addressed in, like, the first half of the video game and not in what is ostensibly a sequel that has taken place after the big climax of Mm -hmm. the source material. You know, there are character subplots that feel like, shouldn't this have been, like, character development in the video game and not something you reserved for the sequel? Yeah, I know we touched on that a little bit, and I found it interesting because actually playing the game, I feel like the characters were, like, I don't know if it's unintentional or what, but, like, the characters were different than what they're supposed to be characterized as. Because, like, we were talking about how, like, we were talking about, you know, the the hot-blooded girl, I can't even remember her name right now. Uh, Hatsuho. Hatsuho, yeah. Yeah, Hatsuho. And, like, you're, you guys were saying in the anime how she was having her crisis of confidence or whatever. That was one of the examples you were giving of yeah. things that should have happened in the game. Um, Now, to be fair, I'm only still, I think, in Chapter 3 or something in the game, so I'm not super far in. But, like, so far she's been, like, the more level-headed, uh, cautious one. And um, Sakura, the main girl, has been the hot-headed giving speeches about her blade burning with fiery passion type of uh character (laughs) right and i don't know if that's just like uneven characterization or if that's some kind of intentional flip or something because like because in the game too like hatsuho literally says i'm the hot-blooded one like she says that (laughs) sentence so she says that the the character development is contrary yeah that's... And then and then she's the one that's like, I don't know, guys, I don't think we should just rush in like that. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. That's like her entire personality in the anime is I'm gonna go first. Yeah. Which which if they're if they're trying to like I don't know, subvert that, that's kind of interesting, I guess, I but I get know, I more See, get the, the impression problem... that it's just uneven writing. Right, so yeah. that's that is kind of what gets into the, my I think what our issue is with the anime that we're beginning we're starting to hash out is Sakura Wars is not a particularly, 
you know, intelligent or nuanced franchise. I don't think anybody, anyone is expecting that, right? It's, <laughs> Why? It's this is a show about this is a show about acting troops that put on uh, musical plays and then at night fight demons with their steampunk mechs. Right. right? Excuse so this is not me a... for not having a better understanding of the political nuances of the soccer wars universe. But no, my point is like it's. We've always, like, understood that it is, like, big, dumb entertainment. And as we have shown, as as we have, like, made clear time and time again, we love that, you know, like, time and time again. But I think, so I, I was talking about this in, in our in our Discord, and I think the, the conclusion I arrived at, and that is the issue with Sakura Wars, is that if, if I were to describe, say you know, some of Trigger's best works, like, you know, your Promares or your Kill the Kills or, and such. Or, or or to compare to other works, like your Double Deckers, you know, things we have talked about and have enjoyed in the past. Or, you know, even something like Adoro Hidoro. We might call shows like that dumb. And we would say that in a very affectionate way. We would say, ah, that dumbass show. The way I would describe Sakura Wars... In, in in contrast to that, as I would describe Sakura Wars as unintelligent. <laughs> That's, oh. That might Pretty be fair. There. <laughs> like, it's stupid, but I can't tell if it is being intentionally written to be stupid in the way many of the other works I just described are, or if it's stupid because the writers are just literally not very good at their jobs. And the vibe I'm beginning to get is it might be more that than the former with soccer wars like yeah i mean i i i think there is some intentional camp and spectacle to it all of course of sure. it, but it's not maybe like, not as not much enough. as <laughs> you would think right like there's not enough like self-aware wit to it like again to bring right. up something like double decker which is what i'd say the perfect example <laughs> of a very stupid show written by very smart people <laughs> it's intentionally very dumb. The characters are idiots, but it's written by people with a very good understanding of character dynamics and comedic timing and like foreshadowing in ways that I don't think Sakura Wars is. And mm-hmm. so there are things that are being foreshadowed right now that I think anyone here would look at that and you'd be like, oh... This is clearly a setup for, like, a really cool, awesome, dumb, fan-surface-satisfying moment later in the series, right? Like, obviously they're gonna do this cool thing, because why else would you set up this character dynamic this way? But the problem is, I'm not even confident enough Sakura Wars has... The self- to do it. Yeah, the self-awareness to do it. And... That's, that's a weird feeling to have for a show that is obviously meant to just be, like... Not shallow, but like, you know, it's meant to be entertainment foremost, but it might not even be smart enough to be good entertainment. Yeah, um, I will say, because I, I am I am enjoying the game, uh, and I think maybe that the format lends itself better to, you know, having more dialogue and longer time to spend with the characters and everything helps, but also... Um, the, the the premise of the anime there is it they're f- they're fighting to save the world or some world ending event or something right is it that what's happening? Mm, 
know what the no, actual plot is of the anime. Seems to be point. demons and the Russians taking care of this MacGuffin girl. Okay. Well, the plot of the game so far is that you're the the, the player character shows up at the Imperial Combat Review, as they're called the combat reviews. Uh, and uh-huh. which is like the, the the one from the first game, but now everybody's gone and it's all run down and beat up, and you have to save the show by putting on a good play and joining the Imperial Combat or not Imperial the International Combat Review Olympics, uh, where you're going to have to battle out the other combat reviews from right. around so the world. It's, it's some G Gundam shit. I yes, um, and battle them in both uh, putting on a play and also in combat. Which is such a ridiculously stupid idea that it's pretty great. Right, that um, sounds like a little more interesting. And that sound that sounds a lot more fun to me than whatever you guys have been saying has been going on in the anime. Uh huh. So, um, you know, maybe that's part of why I'm enjoying the game so far. But the, uh, the I again, I am still pretty early into it. I imagine something more serious is going to happen after the Olympics, but we'll see. Um, all all I'm picturing now, because I know nothing about the anime or the game, is like. If Eurovision was plays instead of singing, and they had Mika, yes, you know, is that that's, what it is? that's pretty much what they're going for. Um, it, right. Yeah, that that's about yeah. So I mean, that sounds great to me, right? So, <laughs> I would I would see if that was an anime. I, mean, I would watch know, it. That's actually another interesting thing, right? Like, the anime has made almost zero mention of the other combat reviews, and. So it can't, so that's another thing that makes me wonder, like, is that a big deal in the video games? Because in the anime, they don't seem to exist anymore. Yeah, so. well, at least in, in this in this one it is, because I've already met, like, five of them or something that are all going to be fighting it out in this Olympics thing. And there's, sure. like, a ton of other characters and stuff, so... I guess I just mean, um, like, plot-wise, do they just fall off the face of the planet after the events of well, the Well, I don't know what happened. Like, yeah, maybe... To- Berlin, I'm, Shanghai, I'm assuming something bad is going to happen at the end of this, and that's going to make it so we have to save the world. But currently, that is the the main focus of the game, and it's it's pretty amusing, just in how like ridiculous it is. Um, but yeah, I think I will keep playing it, and we'll probably check in uh, later. And depending on my feelings at the end, maybe I'll check out the anime I, just to see what I, I think for better happens, or worse, but... Jill, I think you are the person who probably should eventually get around to watching the anime as one of the only people in our social circle who has actually bothered with the video games. So yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we just need to get your context on all of this because, again, like... It, Iro and I are just in such a we're, weird place with this show yeah, we're, because we're telling an incomplete story, right? Yeah. Where like we are, we are, we are talking at each other from completely opposite directions, right. and I'd be very curious how this all looks to somebody who has, you know, come out the other end of what is, you know, what like a 30, 40, 50 hour video game, right? Um, yeah. So we'll check back in on that later. Uh, I'll probably give more. Uh, detailed thoughts on the game because i have some other thoughts about it but uh in general i think they're maybe playing it a little too conservatively but we can save that discussion for another day um all right so let's move along uh another thing i want to touch on is i caught up on bna brand new animal uh-huh. in time to watch the 
new episodes that came out over the past week. So now the entire series is out on Netflix. Uh, I've watched the entire series now at this point. You guys are up to episode 8, you said? Yes. Correct. Okay. So we'll save our, our full, I think, final thoughts on BNA. Um, I think I just wanted to say a few things on my just general impressions because I, I hadn't watched any of it since sure, yeah. last episode. Um, I think I mostly agree with you guys where I feel like it's kind of lacking something um, in, in the first half. I don't know. Just I was having trouble getting like too excited about it. I mean, I think we, we and, say it time and time again. It is that, like, weird trigger uh, genocidal, right? Like, that... It, yeah. It, it, the Yoshinari trigger works. I and, mean... I don't know. Go ahead, Jill. Well, I, I was going to say, I couldn't quite put my finger... Because, like you said, you know, the genocidal. I couldn't quite put my finger on it in the first half. I think the second half... The things I did not like explicitly became more crystal clear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in just speaking in general terms, um, I feel like I don't like the characters. Um, I don't like I don't like the main girl. What? She kind of she 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 kind of reminds me of. I felt a similar way about Akko and Little Witch Academia, but the difference. With Akko is one, she was literally a child, so I could kind of forgive her. I'm not going to hear uh, any bad words spoken about Akko. Uh, <laughs> and and she actually had like a bit of a character arc to it, and she was surrounded by a lot of other charming characters that kind of helped balance her out. Right? I don't feel like that's the case here in BNA, uh, where mm. the main character is kind of obnoxiously stubborn, in my opinion, uh, and uh, so is everybody else in the show. Um, so I, I was kind of finding that all frustrating. And I just think, um, both thematically and plot-wise, it's kind of all over the place, and the pieces don't really go together. Um, I, I could, looking back, I could see that in the first half, and I saw it even more in the second half, without getting specific on it, but I, it, it's just, nothing was coming together to get me, like, emotionally attached to the show at all, so, mm-hmm. like, there's, like, these big, flashy, cool moments happening, and I'm like, I don't feel... They don't feel anything from them. It's like, it's cool. Like, if you guys saw episode 8, which has an amazing fight scene in it, right? Yeah, yeah, we did see that. Uh, it was a really cool fight, um, but I didn't, like, feel anything from it. Like, it was just like, you know... So, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, I'll be interested to hear your guys' thoughts by the end of it, but I don't know if you have anything to comment on at the moment from up to where you are now. I mean... Well, okay, first things first. Episode five was pretty good, right? <laughs> yes, but that was an. E- but that's the baseball episode, right? Yeah, that's the baseball episode. Yeah, that was great, but it was also not like the rest of the series. Okay, good. So now that we've established that baseline for this conversation, sure, we can yep. move forward with like, yes, my like internal anguish about BNA and the state of Trigger in 2020. So, so yeah, so the thing that. So I I think I, I think you have a lot of valid points, Jill, about trigger. I mean, about BNA and like what <laughs> what it's maybe suffering from. And I think that a lot of my stuff kind of closely mirrors that, for better or worse. Um, I think that 
yeah, I think that, like, for better or worse, it's, it's, it's a case of, like, Yoshinari is a very good animator, but... And I think he's a very good director, if, you know, the Little Witch Academia OVAs are any indication. But I think that the realities of TV production have proven to be a bigger stumbling block for him than uh, other directors in in the Trigger stable. I think that... I wonder how much of this comes from the reality that, like, Yoshinari did not really start directing until uh, Little Witch Academia when comparatively, despite being of similar age and actually similar levels of experience, Imaishi started directing far earlier in his career. Right. And... Well, how much how much does Yoshinari have to do with the actual, like, plot? Like, he's not writing the No, stuff, though, so, right? but that's like... the thing, is Nakashima is doing the writing for BNA, and the thing is that, like, I don't think Nakashima could be the weak link, because... The Amaishi Nakashima combo is three for three. Gurren Lagan kill a kill and Promare. Like right. it's, I would go as far as say it has literally never failed us. So, and and again, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to look for someone to blame here, but that's that's the the difference, though, right? Right. If you're if you're saying one of these is not like the other, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah, so. and, and I think that's like it's it's uh. And so here's the thing. Here's actually the actual thing I'm 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 going to get at. And as far as I know, uh, I think Iro and I are the only two in this podcast who have watched Promare. Is that uh, correct? Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, watched it I yet. haven't seen it. Okay, so I'm going to try and avoid like big spoilers for Promare. Not that Promare is particularly like a movie that needs to be. Uh, 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 spoiler-free to go into, but, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep it general. And, and the reason I bring it up is because I think the two are actually a, a very thematically similar, and I think that this is what makes the... Uh, this dams BNA a little bit in comparison. So, overall, the theme for Promare Pro is basically uh, racism is bad. And you see... Racism is bad because, regardless of race, everybody loves pizza. And <laughs> if we all love pizza, then why can't we band together to do greater things? Like form a giant robot to literally beat the racism out of, out of the planet. And, obviously, this is a, very, this is a really simplistic message. It, it's, it's well-intentioned, but... It's not like Amaishi is really interrogating these themes that that hard. And right. there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, he, Promare makes it very apparent from the beginning, from the get-go, that, hey, this is the theme of the story, but also it's not something... We're not gonna, like, really dig deep on this. And, like, right. that's fine. It's entertainment. It exists right. to entertain. It's, it's a catalyst for interesting, fun, visually exciting spectacle. And so, yes... The overall plot might be, like, racism is bad, but really it's just an excuse to be like, man, what, like, crazy-ass shit will happen on screen? And I think that, in contrast, I think... This is the thing I began to realize with, like, episode 8 that we just watched, is that I think Yoshinari... The problem he runs into with BNA is that he is kind of doing the same racism parable story, but... 
he wants us to take it seriously. And... Or I think he wants us to take it more yes. seriously. Right? Well... Like, I, I don't know yes. about episodes towards the end, but I can at least look at episodes like the Dolphin episode to say... I think Yoshinari is at least, as a, as a creator, as a storyteller, he is taking that theme more seriously than Amaishi did. See, I, I agree with that. And that's that's part of it. The I think they're actually taking on too many <laughs> themes. I feel like that's just one of the many things. Like, yeah. Like you guys have seen the cult come in, right? Yes. Yes. And so like they, right. They they take that into like the whole you know religion being the opium of the people uh, direction. Right. I mean, it's juggling a lot and of different things. There's a couple other things that pop up before you're going to finish, which totally muddies like like. When you talk about Premier having like that simple theme, that that's good because you could just say, "Here's my point, and I'm going to make my point." And really, should only have one point. <laughs> like you can you can t- you can explore different facets of it if you want to take it more seriously. But like that should be like if, if you're going to have a message, like that should be your message. I don't feel like there's one message to BNA that they're sticking also, with. Also, and, and and I agree. And that. Also, I think also the issue runs into is if you're constrained to twelve episodes. Yeah, you do kind of have to keep it focused. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And, so, oh, the, sorry, the, I think that's part of why it's hard to care on some of these things is because you're you're kind of throwing out all these ideas and messages and not really right. I mean, I think it's an issue of like you could focus on any one of these for like twelve episodes and probably get some good mileage out of it, right? I right. mean, look, like Kill a Kill is twenty six episodes, and that's basically just like clothes are fascism or something. <laughs> <laughs> Or something, Where, yeah. Or, while, yeah, like, I think being, I mean, so that's the thing. So the thing, the realization I came to with episode eight, I think, is, I think episode eight, on paper, the sum of its individual parts is actually fairly impressive. It is a good episode. There is interesting action, there are interesting character dynamics at play, and it moves the plot in an interesting direction. The problem and I think it's kind of similar to what you were talking about, Joe, about the characters, is that... So, in episode 8, uh, you know, the the, deuter- the deuteragonist uh, Ugami, right, he reveals something, a, a secret about him to Mitsuru. It's something we, the viewers, have known for a while, or has been frankly obvious, but in-universe, it's meant to be a big reveal. And right. in terms of their character dynamic, it's meant to represent the trust and, and, and the relationship that Ugami and... And Michiru share like ah we've we've like been working together for so long that I finally like trust you enough to reveal my secret. Right. The problem is they actually have not been hanging out that much in the prior seven <laughs> episodes. Like we don't actually have like you can tell the dynamic is obviously intended to be an odd couple buddy cop sort of situation, right. but they haven't done any buddy cop shit. Right. There's yeah, no, there's, there's no, no there's no build up. There's no room to for that. this stuff to breathe. Yeah, right. like I think, and I don't even just mean I think that BNA needed more episodes directed by Amaishi, but I think BNA needed more episodes in the tone of episode five. Y- you think about like what were the best episodes of the Little Witch Academia TV series, and it's stuff like the Broom Race, it's the Susie episode, it's it's the episodes that aren't actually that concerned with the main plot and are more just Akko interacting with. You know her friends and classmates in interesting ways that better fleshes out the the shape of the setting, and I think BNA is really lacking that. Like, you know, the overall plot is about ah, Mitsuru and Ogami have to protect Anima City, but 
it hasn't even answered the question of why is Anima City worth protecting? Like, if it weren't for episode 5, we'd have zero connection at all to, like, the actual people in the city. Right. Well, I'm going to refrain from saying anything else to you guys finish the series, so we'll resume this discussion uh, next time. I'll be very interested to hear what you guys say about the plot developments in the final <laughs> four episodes. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I, I think... I think we're being very critical because, of course, it's Yoshinari, it's Trigger, blah, blah, blah. It's a studio that we have, you know, a lot of love for and maybe some pretty high expectations at this point. But I do want to make it clear that BNA is not a bad show. It's... Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's it's lowercase g good. I, yeah. I do think that there's a lot of, like, like, valid qualities it has. I mean... Jail, now you've watched it, I mean, you could probably agree that, like, it, it kind of exists in that same space as, like, the Little Witch Academia TV show of, like, oh, you could, this is on Netflix, and you could show it to your kids, like, with zero, like... There are some parts I wouldn't necessarily want young kids to see happening in the back half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fine, I can oh, only... Oh, even, base... even, epi- even the episode 8 fight gets pretty violent. Yeah, bloody, but, but, you uh, know, like, it's not anything worse than, like, what kids have seen. You your know? mileage it's... your mileage may vary depending on your children. You know, but, they're uh... animal people, it's, I mean, uh, you it's know... the law of the jungle. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Jill, but I also feel, I mean, okay, fine, maybe it's not as child-friendly as Little Witch Academia, but I feel like it exists... I wouldn't show it to, like, a five-year-old. No, but, but like... I think it exists in that same realm of, like, you know... Like, ten and up, maybe. Yeah, ten and up, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's in E-10 that. Plus. It's in that. Yeah, E10+. Plus. <laughs> E10+, plus, yeah. <laughs> right, and I do think that, like, you know, again, it's a very competently made show. I think that if this were coming from any other studio, we I'm not saying we'd be, like, singing its praises, but we would probably be giving it a lot more rope. I think it's just that. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I, as someone who is more uh, inclined to be <laughs> critical of Trigger, uh you know, I I would probably have similar feelings regardless, but the, uh, yeah, the, the, no, it is it is a good, it's a good it's a good show. Um, it's just we know what Trigger is capable of, and we don't feel like it's living up to that expectation. Right, but like how much of this is BNA having to stand up against other Trigger shows uh, versus BNA having to stand up to it, like your average I, spread of anime? Yeah. I mean, I, I would still, pro- like I said, I, f- I feel like I would still have similar problems with it regardless, but, mm-hmm. you know, that that is definitely a factor. But um, I will say it does look nice, mm-hmm. and it's probably one of the... I absolutely love... I just want to throw this in here as one final point. I love the uh, color choices and the yeah. art direction. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, I've been hammering this point, like, every podcast, man. Like, so good. <laughs> yeah, that, that shows from an art artistic direction. perspective. Yeah, it's, it's the fantastic. The art direction is amazing. Yeah, um, I mean, so. I I maintain that even in a, in a year with stuff like Doro Hidaro and Azoken, I do think BNA is, 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 it's in the conversation. It's, 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 it's a looker. It's not, they're not, there's not a lot of, uh budget saving corner cutting on this one <laughs> um, unless it's intentional uh for for comic effect i mean uh... i feel like the show also could have used more of that right like that's right. kind of what i mean when i say that i don't think yoshinari has the same skill set as some of his more like tv honed peers right okay well 
we will revisit that for some final thoughts and uh, once you guys have finished. So let's uh, move along to another show that I caught up with since last episode. I've been watching a lot of anime. <laughs> I have finally watched all six episodes of uh, Kakushi Goto. Yes, which... uh, Artemis, you have been vindicated by history. Uh, the Thank rest you. Of Appreciate it. Got around um, to watching I apologize it. once again for leaving that off that episode because we should have all been watching this. Yeah, uh, it's, we... it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very funny. Yeah. You all did not warn me about the emotional sucker punches. <laughs> I said, I said, okay. no, I, I gave, I feel like I gave fair warning. I think I said, or at least I, I, I definitely should have said if I did not, that there are some moments that just sneak yeah. up on you no, when I, you least I, expect them. I mean, again, I'd like to apologize. I feel like I did, I did a, va- a rather poor job of trying to sell it last time, but that's because, okay, look, when you want, the G sell on an anime. You get two. There are two. There are two brands. You get you get the Dorohidoro slash B Star slash Golden Kamui sell, where I have clearly written notes. I have prepared a legal case, <laughs> and I am going in with a clear-minded purpose. And then you get the sell for the things I like, but I do not feel like my reputation is on the line, so I'm just kind of like. It was all right. I don't know. It was good. You should probably watch it. And that's kind of what I did to Kakushi Goto. I apologize. <laughs> But I'm glad that, uh, John, I'm glad you decided to, you, know, you decided to keep up with it because I really do think that maybe it does take a couple episodes to like really rev up. But I think once it does, it's, it's yeah really strong. I mean it it's it's good from episode one, but I feel like it gets better totally as the episodes go on. I, I don't know why, but it's um, I really like the well, I really like the. Uh, The way they balance out the... Because it's all based on the one joke, right? Of him not wanting his daughter to find out. Yeah. But they find ways to spin that into other, like, completely unrelated jokes, right? Yeah. yeah. I, it, wasn't, so I wasn't even sure about that at first. My one... My one... Um, uh, kind of thing that I was, I was worried about was that the joke would get old. Right. And... Yeah, so like, so they'll use that that joke as like the launching point, but that then it eventually that's no longer the joke. It's right. just like the the prompt to get into whatever wacky situation. And I think that another reason I think it does get better over time is that it is very like yes, you have the core cast right of you know the dad and his daughter right, but I think that it is actually a pretty solid ensemble comedy right, and as they've introduced more characters they've been able to introduce, like, new vectors for the comedy to come through, right? Like, you have, like... Well, you got, like, the episode... It was episode five, right? Where, like, uh, uh, you know, Kakushi-sensei's gotta go do an all-nighter for, like, the chapter, right? And, like, right. it's just, like... They just keep adding new characters to show up <laughs> at his house to watch his daughter. And, like, it is very funny to watch, like, these, like, initially disparate elements play off each other in very interesting ways, right? Like, right. first it's the teen idol, then it's the it's the, it's the the housekeeper, then the editor, then the teacher. It it, it, it works super well. And, right. And, yeah, as you guys said, I think that, you know, I mean, honestly, kind of similar to, to Kaguya-sama, right, is that both shows are kind of centered around this one central joke, but it's used as a vector into, like, other, like, 
you know, just really good jokes, right? Like, in episode six, you know, maybe it's because I'm a creative, but, like, the running joke in episode six is very... It hit really well, right? The whole, like... Uh, like, Kakshi Sensei's, like, his brand of imposter syndrome. Like, his mm-hmm. insistent belief that, like, nobody's shown up to this signing. Like, you're all... You, you <laughs> right, all paid they're all paying people. They're all somehow paying, like, a hundred people. Right, and it's like, it's, it's a beautiful illustration of of, of of imposter syndrome in that I think it's a, it's a thing that all creatives suffer from. For those not familiar, imposter syndrome is basically the, like, self-held belief that you have not earned your um, your celebrity or your attention or your success. One day everyone will find out that I'm truly a fraud. And I've right. just, yeah. I've just I'm just a trash person writing trash time. manga, yeah. Yeah, and that you just somehow cheated your way to success, and that eventually one day everybody will figure out, they will uncover this, the 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 truth, and you will have your fall from grace. But the thing They'll that be canceled it, on Twitter, right? Exactly. <laughs> but like, imposter syndrome also often leads to like almost a weirdly egotistic view of yourself, of like, of like I've definitely fallen into this trap before, of like. You are so sure that you are a failure that you invent increasingly absurd ways for people to... You invent increasingly absurd conspiracies for why people still like you, when it's like... Actually, nobody gives a fuck. Right, like, actually, it's the other way around. Nobody gives enough of a fuck Mm -hmm. to craft a conspiracy around you, of all people, like... Right. You know, like, I, I mean, I, we saw that happening when when he's trying to f- figure out how everybody, how they paid everybody off to come to this signing. Right. And and his assistants are like, that. There's that no guy's got a five year old kid. Yeah. We didn't pay the kid. Like, what are you talking and, about? And, and, like, and, and you also, know, there's no way we could possibly afford to pay. Oh these yes, people. right. We could. And and his uh, his terrible uh, editor his assistant, awful whatever. Editor is just right. Like, is like, oh, well, we couldn't afford to pay even if we wanted to, so... <laughs> Especially the opera son of your caliber. Yeah. Which is, <sighs> is yeah. very good, it's... Yeah, so- side note, I asked this question before, but who's worse, that guy, uh, who did, who did I say, Nita's underling from, from Hinamatsuri, right. or uh, Kuzu P from uh, Girlish Number? As somebody who has only watched two out of those three, and... You've got one bullet. <laughs> and Hinamatsuri is kind of off in the distance, like... I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, based on what you've told me about Nita's underling, I'm like, I'd probably save that bullet for that guy, because... He made Anzu cry. Right, anybody who dares hurt Anzu probably deserves a bullet, regardless of the context around it, but... That editor is a real fucking dirtbag, huh? Yeah, um... It's a good joke. And, and he yes. thinks he's not, too. Like, he's going around like he thinks he's doing a really swell job of everything. Right, that's, that's probably the worst thing, right? Like, he's got, like, he's full-on, like, Donnie Kruger syndrome of, like... Right. I don't see the problem. <laughs> what, like... what was the... I know, I don't think it was... It was it was with some of the previous episodes, but they're kind of blending together because I marathoned them, uh, where he, he, he sends, like, all the documents in individual boxes... Yeah. Oh yeah, to yeah. his and house. Then, and, yeah. And then he's, he's like, he's like, you, you could have just sent me the PDFs. And he's like, what? Like, <laughs> he's just like a horrible. He's horrible at How his job. How did this guy get hired? A, yeah. Right, but um, then it's like, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like that's it's very funny, but then also it's like every now and then he shoots back, and you're like, oh god, what if the asshole is right? 
where he's like, there are a couple of there are a couple of moments where he has like these kind of epiphany type things that everyone's like, oh, right, like when he shoots he's back, right. a cock, like when he shoots back a cock, and she's like, think about it from my perspective, I have to be your editor. And it's like, oh, yeah, he is oh, kind no. of pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, no. Like, he insists on this elaborate off-site office yeah. because of his absurd it's... demands. And, like, also, it's like, let's be real, dude. You're also ran. Yeah, you had a popular gag manga, like, ten years ago, but everybody knows you're kind of just coasting now. It's like, <laughs> it gets uncomfortably real. <laughs> Yeah, and and yet, despite the fact that he's just coasting, he still goes to like a summer festival and has people selling like bad knockoffs like, of his <laughs> yeah terrible <laughs> terrible knockoffs yeah uh, his it's... tights character the yeah. guy with the yeah tights on his head it's it's really well done and yeah I don't want to we've been talking about the comedy but yeah I do not want to take away from the fact that it's a sincere as fuck anime like it really when it wants to. When it wants to hit you, it when it when it swings, it swings hard. Yeah, with, with like, those with those emotional kind of yeah, sentimental like, moments. Definitely, I mean, no lie, man. Like it's you know not you know slight spoiler, but like just that small bit where like when Hime finds the new boxes and oh, she realizes man. they're from her dad, not from her mom. It's like I was like, oh shit, oh no, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, um, you got me good this time. Yeah, does does it does it. Did, did, was it was it episode six that ended with him, her opening the seventeen box? I yeah, think it was. With, yeah, with the bad. That's like the last thing we manga. saw, right? I think so because the yeah. the rest of that episode was was dedicated to the to what Kids Land or whatever they went to. Right. Yeah. Kids in area. Uh, like, I've only seen the first episode. Is the dad dead in the future? I we don't, don't think know. That's Wait, right, that, I think that they're playing it as though he is, but the right, joke yes. might be that he's not. But we, I right. mean. Okay. We don't I mean, know. so it, it's definitely the hard thing to tell of, like, I mean, I think the emotional payoffs are working right now, but because some of us are a little bit familiar with his prior, with, with the, the the creator's original works, right, like Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, it is a little hard to tell, like, oh, is this, like, real drama, or is this, like, the longest, yeah. longest... Longest build up to... Yeah. Right, like, the longest black comedy con that we've seen in, seen in a while, and... My suspicion is it's probably going to be a little bit of both. Like, I don't think he's dead, but I'm willing to bet it's still something not good, but it will also be darkly humorous in a way. Yeah, I mean, something (laughs) had to have happened, right? Right. That's, but whether or not, like, yeah, I don't know, like, the tone of the show feels like they wouldn't go that dark, but I don't know. I I mean, I mean... I think something will. I think. I think they will eventually realize something has happened to the dad. It's just like, how yeah. serious is it actually? Right. But like, even you know, even for um, this show, I, I feel like even even with the often quite cynical, humorous moments, it's it's a remarkably gentle show. Yeah. I didn't. Right. I didn't go into it suspecting it would be gentle, and it kind of is. It's, you know, it's. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. Like there are definitely. It could get much darker. Like, like I, I see how it could be. Like, mm-hmm. there are definitely jokes where I can tell, oh, if you really wanted to, like, really go dark on this, like, single pseudo-absentee dad sort of angle, like, there's some real fucked up ways you could do this, but mm-hmm. I think that 
it, it is actually the it, it is the gentleness and the restraint in those right. places that because tell him because at the end of the day he's a really good dad like he's you know his his yeah. daughter is his number one priority and you know always will be yeah and he's definitely trying his best even if like yeah and he's doing like a pretty good job <laughs> yeah right and so like i think it's because of that restraint that like i think whatever antics happens to the dad in his attempts to hide the secret i think will always be played as a joke but the thing is they never play off his love for his daughter as a joke like that right. part is sincere and i think that's right. kind of what makes it work yeah, I, I think because of the tone of the show, I would be inclined to say that he must still be alive. It, it kind of, this, this, the whole box thing made me think a lot of um, the one good episode of Violet Evergarden. <laughs> uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if everybody... Which episode, I don't think episode I even was it. that? I, I don't like, think I even got that far. It was the one, it was the one where she has to write the, the letters for the, the mom okay. that's yeah, dying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a similar situation where she was writing the le- the letters for her daughter in the right, future, like a, uh, a post. but but that was like a heavy serious thing because that's a, that's a heavy serious show or at least it tries to be right. right. <laughs> so like that made sense. Whereas I I, I don't want to dunk too hard on Violet Evergarden. It's, it's, I'm it's perfectly fine. willing to dunk on Violet Evergarden. But that but that episode was good. That episode was it good. Was. I, I, and, but but the, the tone of the show matched that kind of heavy serious material where you know, and then the mother you know does eventually pass away and you see the daughter in the future and all that. Whereas this, I feel like the tone of the show would lean more towards this is a elaborate joke, right? Like but, like maybe he sent his daughter on this elaborate kind of treasure hunt sort of thing. He, like, like he doesn't want to see the moment she uh, discovers it or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he, he so put an action somebody... plan in place for for when she did discover it, she would be kick-started into this into this yeah elaborate treasure treasure hunt of some kind right as uh as someone who plays a lot of the uh, yakuza games uh my assumption is the reveal is that he will be in jail for some reason (laughs) (laughs) like not not for life or anything right not like a death sentence but like i don't know just one of his antics went way too far and (laughs) in jail for running around with tights on his right head. they put him in the slammer for a few years or something i don't know if it's that dark i mean again if, if, we're, gonna, if we're gonna go for he's not dead like what is a thing you could do that's like serious but not too awful all right well what are your alternatives um it's off in america for anime expo <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not not this year unfortunately no. but, uh, yeah um all right well that show is great and uh you know we'll see i i hope they come to some kind of satisfying conclusion because it's only i'm assuming it's only the 12 episodes right uh, i think so yeah even if, if we even make it to the end but we'll see so all right let's uh move along a lot of good comedies yeah, this the season. Other, the other good comedy this season. Yeah, you know, I've, I had the realization this is probably the best season for anime comedy since uh, the summer since summer 2014. I like that you can even remember that far back. As when if... we had uh, Nozaki-kun and Sabagebu and a couple other shows. All right, yeah, that's pretty solid then. <laughs> yeah, even those two alone are, are like, top-tier anime yeah, comedy. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've, we've, got a, we've got a lot this season, too. Um. I don't know if I put any of them on the, on par with those two, but overall, the sh- sheer quantity. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, Kaguya-sama, still great. Um, I just wanted to shout out some of the jokes here, which were fantastic. Uh, G, did you get to watch episode five? I did, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Well, four had the one with um, with I uh, Kaguya's assistant slash ninja maid, uh, trying to score a, a fake date with the uh, the president. Yeah, that was that was pretty great. Right, basically as a proof of like, like Kaguya, you literally got this shit handed to you on a silver plate, and you can't bring it home. Here, let me show right. you how easy it would be. Right. We're kind of reminded in these two episodes that Kagi is kind of a terrible person. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, aren't the best comedies about terrible people? Yeah, um, I think you get. I think for a lot of the show, you get lulled into this uh, false sense of security that she's like this sweet, quiet girl or something, but she's actually a terrible person. Um, and we have we have the the whole like subplot of the student council present thing it's kind of what i was talking about last time where i like how there's like certain continuity to the episodes even though it's a comedy with like a lot of one-off bits and gags there's still like a thread going on in the background yeah um because yeah. we meet we meet the we meet uh shiragani's main competition for the student council who's like that super serious underclassman that wants to like ban everything um and and uh and uh she's she's like stealing fujiwara away because she's actually taking Fujiwara seriously yes, and nobody else does. It's a very good twist of, ah, my greatest, se- my, my my master plan is to take the joke character seriously. Yeah, well, they, they kind of, we kind of, they rarely bring it up, but, like, Fujiwara is, like, the daughter of politicians, right? Right, yes. So yes. she actually may know what she's doing, and occasionally she'll drop a young. I mean, apparently she'll right? hit, she actually does, right? When, in episode five, she literally states... Oh, election promise, campaign promises don't mean jack fucking shit. That's just what politicians <laughs> say, get people to believe in them. But like, once they're actually elected, nobody actually holds them to their promises. Tee-hee. Right? She knows, and it's just like <laughs> she knows. She knows how 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 this all works. Right? But, um... Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a beating a dead horse, but you know, yeah, Fujiwara continues to be the fucking MVP of this show. I feel like yeah. both episode four and five, she has some extremely good moments, like uh. And four is for the one where everybody thinks it's going to be a confession. Yes, and the entire yeah. school just fucking. <laughs> the entire school is lined up in the courtyard yeah, for yeah. the confession, and, and yeah, just Fujiwara's out loud statements just making things worse with every passing right. second. And then you got five: the return of the uh, Fujiwara tries to uh, tutor. Uh, yes, Shirogane in some extremely middling task that he is legendarily awful at <laughs> yes that's always a good uh good yeah. uh good bit but i, I loved in five the uh <laughs> the shiragani's rest rested uh, eyes yes yes his uh yes the, i don't know why like it was such a dumb gag but shiragane I found that... rested form is uh yeah so so normally so normally the the this guy has like tired eyes all the time and he looks like very menacing right he's glaring all the time yeah so like um because the student council is on basically break until the the re-election, he's like getting actual sleep, and now he has like these beautiful sparkly shoujo eyes. Yes, I I love it's the implication great... that that is his natural state. And, yes, uh, <laughs> sleep deprivation is uh, the cause of the one the version we see most of the time. There's so many great visual gags in this episode, yeah. like. I was saying, give the director a raise. Yeah, I, on, on this one, I uh, think between both that and Kakashi Goto, like not only do we have two like really strong comedies this season, but they're both also fairly well directed, like on a visual level. Like I think that uh, 
like it's it's a thing that I have to admit I sometimes maybe sleep on is like how much good directing contributes to to visual comedy, but both are a reminder of of how big of a a uh, contribution that can be. Yeah, definitely. I also found out, and I want to put this on tape. Right, I was yes. shocked to find that the director of Kaguya-sama is actually was actually the director of uh, Rakugo. Which is... Under uh, a different name? <laughs> okay, sure. Pretty wild to me. Also, the different name part, which I'm like, wait, why, why that? That uncommon. I guess. Um, so that's some broad range. Yeah, uh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so it's like, uh, like the director of Daylight's High School Boys was the director of, like, multiple Brave shows. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was kind of a neat... Uh, thing to find out i guess but give give that person a raise because uh they're they're doing a fantastic job on this so far yeah. but um i uh i do like the it's one last thing i want to say about kaguya-sama and i know we've just been listing off jokes from the episodes but i i am actually kind of looking forward to the uh uh the results of the latest plot reveal at the end of episode five of like the the other candidate her plan for uh her presidency, which includes uh, apparently press-ganging Shirogane and Kaguya into her cabinet. Right. And uh, Kaguya half-realizing, wait a minute. I'll still get what I want, right? Right, like, this actually might not be a terrible idea. Uh, uh. Until she mentions that uh, she's going to ban all relationships. <laughs> yeah. Which, the subs, the snub, the sub snuck in uh, social distancing. Yes, yes. Which I on can, that one, I uh, like that. I, you can kind of already see what the new jokes could be from this plot development <laughs> the, of like, let's say she wins the presidency, and yes, Shirogane and Kaguya are now part of her cabinet, so they have an excuse to be together. But the new president's anti-relationship rule means now we have new jokes about, like, having to hide that. I guess right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it could open up total, uh, totally new possibilities. Yeah, which uh, I mean, are, 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 do we think she's actually going to win? I think she might. I mean, the way they're playing this up, like I almost feel like, you know, I, I think that it can be interesting when a comedy shakes up the status quo. And like, what could be a bigger status quo change than they are not, you know, they are not the head honchos of the school anymore, and they are also now like subservient to another like leader's like. Right rule that like goes explicitly be, against their desires, right? Like it would be interesting. And Fujiwara would be vice president. Yeah, exactly. Like just to, <laughs> and for somehow Ishigami will still be there. Who could say? But yeah, they'll find it. They'll give him something to do. Right. Right. Um, all right. Well, that show continues to be a lot of fun. And yes, I want to. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the election. I, I don't know if they'll go that far. But I, I think, I think, I think that girl will stick around in some right. capacity. Right. I don't, I don't think you would introduce a new character like this if you do not plan to have her stick around. Like even if Shiragane wins, she'll still be on the council somehow right. or something. It, it would be funny if she joins and takes Ishigami's job, and he's he's not on the student council anymore, but is still trying to find find ways to hang out with them. Yes. Okay. That, would, that would also I feel like that would be very on brand for that his would also be but, yes, yes. I, yeah. I like I like the way you think, Jill. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see. All right, moving on to another comedy. Let's uh, talk about the Galandino Redemption Tour. Who's still watching this? I am. I actually liked these episodes. I don't know how you feel, Iroh. They were all right. 
Um, um the uh, go ahead. Live action segments were a bit better than weird com- comedian man. Uh, like <laughs> yes, well, Dino was... goes camping. That like that's weird and interesting in itself. Also, in one of the at one of the locations often used by common writer is where they were camping. Oh, is that? Oh, you re- you could actually recognize. They uh... have like ten locations that they use. Was all it the, the quarry? Time. No, it's the river. Okay. That one, ri- that <laughs> one river. Um, but yes, these were okay episodes. Like yeah, so yeah, I think the because like the big the big problem we were having that we were talking about, you know, even putting aside the horrible episode four comedy thing that drove me crazy, uh-huh. the the live action bits ha- had like did not mesh like the tone of them did not mesh with the the animated bits right like there was like two like completely different things on, like going on, on some that, level that's part of the charm but also like you can only handle well it made so it much. interesting but but like it was not i didn't feel like it was ultimately doing the show right right ju- justice but um in five and six though the live action segments are kind of basically more of the show just with you know in live action form uh-huh. um the the camping bit they did throw in he burns the, uh, the time travel book the time travel, travel book at the end time travel yes book. wait so he gave up little... his he gave up his time travel apparently well we didn't actually see Shota always show up oh oh the, just the... for some reason Dino had the book and he okay. burns it at the end of his camping trip also it's um, like an absurdly high quality steak <laughs> yeah like like half the episode is him like preparing this steak grilling this which steak. is pretty okay. funny because again this is a live action and it's a man in a in a dinosaur suit um <laughs> but uh yeah and then and then six they just kind of go to him and um kaede playing playing games and him getting mad and turning into a tiny dinosaur and storming off right which was kind of amusing but um I, I still I still I still just wish it was just the animated bits though. Like <laughs> the I, I liked, that are like I really like the manga, <laughs> right? And I I think it's a because like episode six had a joke that I think was a good example of like the tone of the show when they when they rent the movies uh-huh. and they're watching. So like Kaede rents uh, Dr- was it Jurassic Park horror? <laughs> was the name of the movie? And, That's all. But it's right. it's basically Jurassic Park, and She's like, and oh, they're I watching. You would like uh, this. It's got dinosaurs in it. Yeah, they're watching the thing, and like, there's like a, a dinosaur chasing the humans, and she's like, "Oh, look, it's one of you, right?" <laughs> and then, and, and he's like terrified, and then, and then, so he the so Dino picked a like horror picked, movie like, or the, something, the and fake and, of the ring. And yeah, the so like, the, there's like a. Right, girl crawling out of the well, and it's all scary and everything, and, and Dino can't talk, but he points as if to say, hey, look, it's one of you. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. But, that, like, that's, like, the it's, like, a very easygoing, kind of nice tone right. to it, and I feel like the stuff they were doing in the live action does not match that at all. Like, they're, again, mm-hmm. trying to tap into that... Shit pose. Pop te- the, the more mean pop team epic type of energy. Yeah. And... It just was not matching. Whereas the, these past two episodes, I felt like it it went better together. So I actually kind of enjoyed them. I don't even know what to make of this anymore. Like, yeah. one week you're all telling me don't watch this, and another week just, I'm like, should I watch? Just this? skip episode four. I'm like, skip the second half of episode I don't four. No, pretend if it didn't happen. I recommend this show. 
Um, I'm more watching it because Ziganaku guys want to keep watching it. Uh, You're getting dragged along. Kinda, yeah. But <laughs> well, speaking of shows, I'm dragging people along to keep watching. <laughs> I bet I'm enjoying Gallon Dino more than you guys are enjoying <laughs> listeners. Uh, I looked, uh, I looked, bar, at, I looked at the show notes thinking this would be content free rise. And then I'm like, oh, right, listeners. Uh, oh, is, isn't Gundam on hold? Yes. Though? Well, but actually, I'm hold this so, week. <laughs> there was one more episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, no, but no, we don't have time for that. We can talk about that any fucking yeah. time. I, I pulled it off the list because I thought it was done. All but right. no, they had yeah. they managed to sneak one more episode out, and I will just say real briefly, it had a pretty good fight in it. It's just that when you get one good fight every five episodes, that's that's not a good ratio for a show about giant robots. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking so of speaking, shows yeah, that speaking also of have uh... bad fucking fights. <laughs> All right. Well, I gave up on listeners, so I'll turn the floor over to you guys. How 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 far off the deep end have we gone? They uh, had an episode about Prince, and it was still boring. <laughs> it wasn't the worst episode, but it I, was, I was boring. Yeah, like I I was I was like viscerally offended on like some like instinctual level. I was like, I was oh, like, I see. One of the episodes has when doves cry in the title. I was like, yeah. motherfucker, that's the artist formerly known as Prince. How could this not be a good episode? And somehow they found a way. Did they actually incorporate Prince somehow, or well, yeah, it's your highness. Dude is literally yes. Prince. I mean, it's yeah. they're not they're not being subtle about it. Like some of the other music references, they've just like said the name of the song or the band, but the dude they meet in this week is literally Prince. <laughs> yeah, and they they somehow blew it. They yeah. somehow blew yeah, it. They I did. can't even. I I can't, what, I can't even imagine what context Prince showed up in, a, in, in the a, episode. In a bathtub, but... he showed up in a bathtub with. Oh well, <laughs> that makes sense. Which does make sense, but like it was just. Ah. <laughs> it almost, like, actually, actually all right, you know what kind of bothered me? It almost felt like. Oh, you know, it almost felt like somebody had just watched like a five-minute YouTube video about Prince and decided. Oh, okay, that's what that character is. Okay. Like, it didn't even, like, it's not even, like, it wasn't even, like, a good take on anime prints. Like, it was a, it was a lazy take. I, yeah. I felt like, yeah, they, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think the people behind this show know anything about the music they're referencing, or if they do, they're doing the the single worst possible job. I mean, you'd have to believe Daisato does, right? Like you would think, but right? Like you would hope, or or he just gave instructions to everyone. Everyone was like, "Yeah, cool, got it," and just like, yeah, watched like a, a five minute YouTube compilation of all the artists in question and decided that they now had a decent breadth of knowledge to do it's the whole like, show. It's just like motherfucker. You know, you do you do Cowboy Bebop, you do Samurai Champloo, you do Eureka Seven, like all these shows that are like at least thirty to forty percent about music, and like you'd want to believe a dude like that is like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Like this dude will like, well, this guy will have like some good, interesting takes on music. I think, and instead, I think... he's literally just like 
name dropping without any like yeah. actual I think I feel like the problem is they were so gung-ho about putting in these music references that it's to the absolute detriment of everything else yeah. like including that point you know like they they were just so <laughs> focused on it we're gonna put Prince in here. Plot be damned. That right, they like, that uh, they lost, but it's like that with every episode. Like th- right. like here's the shoehorned in reference. And like the problem is that these references don't usually actually amount to anything. Like not they even... don't mean anything. They have no meaning. Like in right. terms of like the story or the characters. Like there's no point to yeah, them. Like I think I think it would be one thing of like. It's like, it would be one thing if like you have these characters who are very me- very obviously supposed to be references to specific artists and and songs and it would be one thing if like oh they took like the life story of that artist or like the meaning of one of their songs and like kind of incorporated that into like the thematic thrust of an episode but they don't even do that it's just their, like, right. their version of incorporating it thematically is to throw away some l- lyric lines that make no goddamn sense like in terms right. of the dialogue like it's yeah, it's it's really. I thought the show was about robots. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> here's the thing: the show is not about anything at this point. It's not about oh, a single about goddamn anything. thing, okay, like that I can figure out. That's a good way to put it. It's like I don't know what the show like because there are. It's so scattershot. Like if, like if we were talking about BNA trying to tackle too many things, like at least the too many things BNA is tackling could all fall under like a a general umbrella of similar... You can identify them? Yeah, there's, there's a <laughs> relatively similar, like, thrust to all of them. Listeners just all over the place. Listeners like, have... is, is... There's six different episodes, and every one of them belongs to a completely different show. Yeah, like... I think Eero kind of put it, like, pretty well. I think it was even, like, in the last podcast about how, like... It almost feels like the show... You said you said that listeners feels it like a show that like wants to be like Space Dandy, uh, okay. in the sense that like it is an episodic like, and uh, what's the word? And not analogy. Um, uh, uh, anthology. Anthology. My bad. Yes, anthology of like works like like that are like connected through by a single like overarching thematic like sensibility. But it's not. It, it, it isn't doing that because it is still like a ostensibly it is still a singular narrative, right? Like. From right. point A to point B, but like from episode to episode, it's like it's so like yeah, just like offbeat. It's, like there's, there's, there's no cohesion. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing that that manages to bring all of these together into any kind of internal logical story or or theme. Or even atmosphere, you know? Right, like, oh yeah, totally, right? I mean, like, you go from, like, you know, you go from literally not Eureka 7 vibes with the first episode to, like, you know, Prince's hedonistic, you know, pleasure city to, like, uh, surrealistic, like, mirror pyramid orange sky, you know, like... Racism uh, bad. (laughs) It's just... (laughs) Yeah, it, it really is just like... It, it feels like they just drew some shit out of a hat like at, yeah. their, at their table <laughs> meetings or something and, and, and said, you know what we're going to do this episode? Prince. Cool. Let's do it, I guys. Love it. Yeah, I think, I think Artis, you honestly put it best at the very beginning. of just It feels like if... Assuming Daisato truly loves music and is genuine about it, it sure doesn't feel like the rest of his collaborators working on this do... Because, yeah, it just doesn't feel 
the music connection just doesn't feel genuine. All right. You got to pick one or the other, this or Carol and Tuesday. Pick which one is worse or pick which one is better. I mean, which, which one do you, which one, if you have to watch one, which, uh, Honestly, oh, I'll pick Carol and Tuesday yeah, because at still... least we had the, we had the mermaid sisters and the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there were some things, I mean, there were some things to, to like about that Carol, show. Yeah. Carol Even if, have its moments. Yeah. And yeah, the, the you guy, know, he, we had idea the, the robot. Right, the fucking alcohol-powered ro- producer robot. Yeah, like, yeah, there, there I, were there were, there it, were good moments. It wasn't a good show, but it had a, it had its moments, and I don't. And you know, that's the actually, thing also about listeners. I can't think honestly of a single moment, just even part of a scene where I was like, "Oh, that was good." Yeah, I feel like at most is like maybe moments from episode one. But again, how much of that is just like latent Eureka 7 nostalgia? So. Exactly. And I'd like to take back also everything I ever said about the show being like Eureka 7 because it's now not. No, like episode no. I mean, one aside, well, it's not in many at all. Ways, in many ways, that is very Eureka 7. Because <laughs> even Eureka 7 mm. is nothing like Eureka 7 anymore, so. Yeah. I will, All right. you know, I will say one brief thing, actually. I'm sorry, because you brought up Carol on Tuesday. It did actually make me think. Like, at the time, I was not 100% sold on the episode, but now, in hindsight, comparing it to listeners, I think that maybe, if you were really going to be so blatant as to just, like, feature real-world musicians in your story, I think even Carol on Tuesday found a better way to do it with the episode about, um, the, uh... Fake Whitney Houston... Yes, the fake Whitney Houston, right, from Gus's past, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, how, you know, like, in many ways that episode is almost like Watanabe's attempt to wrangle with, like, the tragedy of her death and, like, trying to, like, ask, like, could there have been an alternative? Like, could we, is, 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 not that could we have, quote-unquote, saved Whitney Houston, but, like, was there another path for her than the one she tragically took? And, like, again, whether that works for you or not is another story, but at least it is an attempt to wrangle with, like, the legacy and story of real artists and, like, attempt to, like, layer those into the overarching narrative of your main plot. And I think, in hindsight, like, that is more genuine, at least in its intent anyways, than Mm -hmm. anything in listeners. Right. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, so we're halfway through. I don't. Everybody's I don't still know. Watching, I or? don't know if I could watch another episode because after episode six, I, I was, what was I doing? I wasn't even paying attention during episode six. Like I started watching it, and then I started, <laughs> like checking my emails at the same time and like reading something. Like <laughs> that was how invested I was in episode six. Right. So I can I tell mean, you what I... happened roughly. But I don't I care. I definitely completely zoned out during parts of episode oh, six. Yeah. I was just like. I had realized 30 seconds had passed and that I had not remembered what happened. Once it becomes something to put on in the background, that's a bad sign. And, and, and out of, out of obligation because it's one of the series that's still airing. I I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure if I'll drop it because I, I I am definitely one of those people who like truly gets caught up in sunk cost fallacy of like, Uh well, I watched half of this. I might as well watch the rest. I don't know. I might have to drop it. I'll I'll take up wave. Listen to me instead. You should, yes. Yeah. That's a, that's no, a smart no, choice. Yes. Yeah. If, you, if you're yeah. if you're gonna switch it out for something else, then yeah. yes, I would definitely. Oh, no, that's two things away on the show notes. How are we supposed to segue now? <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ruined your segue, guys. My bad. <laughs>
Drop the spirit stick there. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's move along then to. Uh, I'll let the police car go. The by. The police are coming yeah. for you. Um, the anime police are are mad at me because I'm gonna have some words to say about Sing Yesterday for uh, me. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> this show yeah. has gone from. So two, there was, there's been a pattern. In two, in two episodes, they've introduced two different characters to mess up the, the like love. Is it is it bullshit. like officially a harem show at this point? I feel like it's, it's inching towards. Well, real close. I don't think I don't think we're ever going to see these two characters again. But yes, <laughs> that like <lady>. um <laughs> to, to, so okay. Let let me let, let me let me just start from the yeah. beginning here. So. The show has had a pattern of really pissing me off in the first half of the episode, uh-huh. and then somehow kind of making me feel better about it by the right. end. So it's nagging you. Um, episode five and six, I think I was just pissed off. Yeah, no, I would agree. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, especially so. Six. So um, it, it's probably yeah, it's probably especially six. Um, because episode episode five introduces this other guy character like who conveniently bumps into Haru. Girl, right. Who, who, uh, right. He conveniently bumps into Haru and he's in love with her and he's probably way better than the main protagonist in every way, but I mean, he's Haru's also still, kind of a pretentious douchebag. <laughs> he is, but he's still probably better than the main guy. Uh, but man. Haru's like, Haru's like, I, I don't know, man. I just love this guy. No Sorry. Reason. Cause he actually, he actually tries to, ask her out like a real man and um <laughs> and and she turns him down because he, she's still in love with this this guy that nobody has any reason why she likes him she doesn't even know she's been asked directly like three times now and she's like i don't know i just like him <laughs> um so that that made me angry but six was right oh my god guys uh x x shows up and needs to squat always it. a squat good uh... needs to squat at his place for a week or two uh, wow, always a good plot development in uh And in oh no, the shows. other two girls he's relationship with, like, get the wrong idea. Uh. And even though yes, and even though they're not dating or anything, uh they're they're getting jealous and it's it's contrived as fuck. It's like now this guy's got Prada. three yeah. This guy now this guy's got three girls that it just randomly popped into his life out of nowhere. Uh I I, the way they set it up, like I said, I don't think we'll see either of these two new characters. They should again, come back but... dating each other. Are you sure? Because I thought I heard this manga was eighteen volumes, right? So, oh, they, they, right. Well, I, at least in the in the anime, there's a lot of I, potential show left. I wouldn't see why they would bring them back because they were basically there just to shake things up, right? right? They're the equivalent um... of a man entering the room with a gun, like <laughs> basically. <laughs> The romance On plot. On level. Equivalent. Oh no, my ex is here. Oh no, everyone's getting the wrong idea. That seems a little, uh... Like, how many how many girls does this guy have stalking him outside of his jobs? <laughs> Everyone in Japan. Because <laughs> that's like the... Th- I mean, that's, that's what all of them do, is like, they wait for him outside of his job, and then... So, I mean, this is the thing, right? So, a few weeks ago, you guys were saying that, like, even if the romance wasn't great, the thing that really sold you on the show was that it's it was a, an extremely strong uh, a slice-of-life show, right? Yeah, I take it back. Good job. I take it back. Oh, boy. So, the only thing I would follow up with on that 
in a slight defense, is I generally like that they try to explore some of the more negative and, like, bad things that you do in these situations that you probably shouldn't, like, kind of leading people on and stuff like that, but it's still kind of a realistic way of looking at it, because, you know, people do that, but, yeah, that, yeah, that kind of all went out there. I mean, the realism part for me of the show, (laughs) and it is still there, to be fair, was about how, you know, society, and in particular, you know, Japanese society in this case, will um, judge people because after graduating, they're going to work in a combini, you know, like, right, right. Yeah. As if, as if you're a terrible trash person because you didn't get yeah. a career in some kind of big company like cool. you were well, supposed like to. The... And so your life is now ruined and now you're stigmatized by society for all the rest of your life, apparently. Or there, or there was a part in episode six where they were, they were like teasing, uh, what's her name about not having a, ever having a boyfriend or something like that. But, right. um, yeah, I, so the way it sounds to me is like, so the thing that it sounds to me is like the slice the the slice of life stuff that you really you guys really liked was because it was like fairly grounded and nuanced in its presentation, but the problem here is that the romance feels does doesn't feel that or doesn't feel grounded and feels too contrived. I guess like is when that the kinda... plot for it two just, episodes yeah. in a row is, and here's this person, for here's the character person, of the week person to from shake your it past up, like, that that conveniently you happen to run into right to like create and... drama that is not really a consequence of the relationship between the main characters, but is caused by this outside force that is not really congruous with the actual Hmm. plot. Right. And there is is no, there is no progress in the relationship. Yeah. It's just a constant back and forth, back and forth. And, and, and I don't care about the characters (laughs) in terms of their romance anyway, or, or even as characters in themselves, I care about them in, in that, the reflection of hmm. of um, mm-hmm. you know how they think of themselves because of the life choices they've made, right? But I don't care about them in terms of like who's going to get with who. Like I just don't give a crap about that part. Yeah. Yep. Well, and the, and they're handling it so badly that even if I, I mean, maybe maybe that's part of why I don't care. But also, it's like. I mean, the dude's like basically a harem protagonist at this point, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like Artemis said, he's. But like... even the other characters, like even the school teacher, like I don't care about her either. She's a nice person, right? She's supposed to be the nice one, right? right. That cares about everyone and will always do her best to to do the right thing or whatever. I don't also don't care about her, and it's not I don't not care about them these characters because they're bad people. I just. Right, there's nothing. I'm given no reason to, be... to invest mm, any right. kind of emotional, you know. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, Dogokobo, you gave it your best shot. This seems like more a problem with the manga, right? Yeah, I do. F- you can't, you can't even say you're halfway through yet, and you might as well keep watching because this show <laughs> is set to be 18 yeah. episodes long. 18. That's an 18 interesting number. Yeah. That's like one and a half cores. Wow. Yeah. And they did confirm. This is like we said. This is one of the ones they confirmed is done. So we're locked in. Yeah. But, uh, huh. It's a sh- huh. 
Wait, now that I know that 18 episode runs are a thing that is allowed in anime. Man, are they going to do like um Doro Hidoro could really like a... use an 18 episode run. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are getting those shorts, right? Yeah, the, but uh... it's not going to be the same. <laughs> um I, d- I wonder how they're going to do this. Is that going to be like an OVA so, or something? Yeah, that's, yeah. So, that's the last six episodes are going to be streaming only. Oh, okay. huh, that's interesting. The, the only uh, the only recent example I can remember that was, um, if you remember Kokoro Connect. Yeah, that show, I remember that. Vaguely. That that they did a six-episode OVA to end. I'm getting, ah. wait, was that Kyoani show? No. No, that was um, <laughs> Silverlink. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of unusual, but that's interesting. Um yeah, I'll, I'm probably, I'll probably keep watching it. Well, speaking of young adults with lots of problems. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Let's uh, close up with another good comedy. Is the way of listening to me even a comedy at this so. point? I don't know. I don't even know what's going on with this show anymore. Look, but it's now, that we can, now that we can unironically ask the question, who will shit in Minari's mouth this week? <laughs> yes, it's a comedy. <laughs> Yes, it's a comedy, but it's it's getting weird. Um, episode five was good. This was basically the final build up to her first big radio show, yeah. uh-huh. which we all knew was coming eventually. But they finally get to it, um, and that was pretty good. Did she stop a murder? Was that real? I think that was real. I mean, yes, I was <laughs> as irritated as I was like, "Is this real? Is this the bit?" I, that, that's that's half the fun of the show is trying to figure out what's actually yeah, happening and what's actually just imagination like, based like, on her radio. Like for a show that is like not thing. grounded but as real about like the kind of problems that young adults go through. There's like a really like surrealist comedy streak to it at times. Like, that's what keeps it, it. It helps keep it interesting, right? So yeah. it's not just a boring, dry, you know, right. dealing with problems in my mid to late 20s type of uh show yeah but um, I-, I will say i as somebody you know who similarly has really loved the show mainly because of like minare and her real life problems i was uh, pleasantly surprised by the radio bit i think that it was a pretty solid pivot to a different style of humor that i think still worked even if like you know there weren't any like you know real life ass problems for her to go through and instead it just kind of became this yeah, like a very surreal radio play, right? Right. And I think I think it was um I think it was just the right length. Like it was just the right amount of episode. I don't know if I would have wanted to go on too much longer. Yeah, yeah. But um but it was but but yeah, it was like a it's it was kind of funny and amusing in its own right even though it wasn't like advancing the plot or anything. Yeah. Um and episode 6 I, what, what, what happened? <laughs> I think it's probably going to end up being like sewage or something. So yes, I, I imagine that episode seven will eventually pull back the curtain and be like, actually, there's a mundane answer to all of this. But yeah, episode well, six is. Is it going to be a mundane answer, or was this her like my my thought? Okay, well, for context, she's doing her second radio program and. She goes and investigates... I'm not going to get into who the guy was, but that's a whole other story. But she goes and investigates this guy's apartment, and they think he killed his girlfriend and is probably possibly storing her in the roof or something. Uh, 
and there's like some kind of mysterious possibly blood-like substance or something leaking from his roof or just something. to be clear this is a comedy yes <laughs> okay and, can't, can't um, wait you guys can't wait and and uh her and her friend are dressed like shrine maidens or something it's weird um so so i'm i'm debating whether this is just like her elaborate idea for the episode they're just going to totally pull back the curtain and it's none of it none of this is real but like the bear fight in the first episode but i don't know um it they they actually this is the first time that they they pulled something like this and like left it at the end of the episode as a cliffhanger yeah. right so like we didn't we don't get to see we didn't get to see this week what was actually happening but you know i i, I was thinking about and and zig's not here to defend himself but <laughs> we were having this conversation last episode with the gallon dino thing of how just like having weird stuff happen it, like we like that just if anything just to keep you like on your toes and uh you know make things interesting like and you know things being unpredictable and weird are, are are interesting that way which i agree with to a certain degree but the difference here is that like it still feels like it's part of the show right like yeah. it's not just like and, I, and i'm sure there will be some kind of explanation for it once we get to it but it, it it's it's still fitting within the the tone of the show and like whatever it is that they're trying to do and i think and and that i like because now i really we have no idea what's going to happen like they could do anything at this uh -huh. point yeah i mean i think that is one of the most interesting things about wave is yeah it's i i, I legitimately don't know what's going to happen next week right because the show has managed to kind of keep us surprised from week to week in terms of the type of humor it will engage in like initially you think oh okay this is going to be like you know yeah dry slice of life you know young adults you know sort of humor but then it gets real surreal in some places and now like there's this there's this, it has this weird element of like blending of reality and fiction where we are no longer even sure what parts we're watching take place in the real world and which parts take place in like her Right. Her narrated accounts of because they don't they don't there's no like you know dream sequence music or anything no, like <laughs> like like they just do it and then you got to figure out is this actually happening or not and then they'll they'll reveal what is real and what yeah, isn't later it's... but it's an interesting way to do it um, but but at the same time it's not like you still have the core of her real life yeah that that keeps it grounded so it's not just like totally random stuff happening right i mean it's, I, it's not an ikahara anime yeah um. i was a big fan of the joke <laughs> playing off of last week's uh ridiculous uh stinger ending of her like saying i'm gonna pursue a career in radio and then it does like the cut to the like you know the hand-drawn illustrated freeze frame and then right. at the very beginning of this week she calls her boss is like so how much would i be making in radio based on this segment and then Amelia's like I'm going to keep working at the curry restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh -huh. They don't even have to tell you how much. Yeah, you just know. You just uh, know. Moment not... she says, how much would I get paid for four 20-minute segments a month? And it's like, lady, <laughs> I could tell you, you're not making much off that. <laughs> yeah. But. So, um, 
Yeah, it just continues to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and because they've opened up that surreal factor to it, like I, they could just do whatever they want at this yeah, point. Definitely. It's like a blank I, canvas. One last thing I do want to mention is, so this episode finally addressed the like, because because I think if you remember, if you go back to like I think episode one or two was the one that ended with like the guy in his apartment with the liquid dripping from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we were all like, "What's up with that?" And so they finally got around to that. And I feel like, as they are, they are beginning to introduce new future elements that I'm curious how will play out because, like, the, there's like also the a section, lady uh, working at the restaurant. Yeah, because they we we go to Nakahara's apartment right where um the the lady has been staying with him and of course Minari comes to the conclusion of like like ah like they're like sleeping together or something and then the reveal is actually no he lives there with his sister and like <laughs> they're letting her stay there because it turns out that her older brother is an abusive cultist or something like yeah <laughs> that seems to be the vibe they're going for and like again that like sounds absurd to say out loud but also because <laughs> of the kind of show wave is like look if we're like a few episodes later talking about oh yeah the cult arc has been really interesting <laughs> yeah I, I would not be surprised it wouldn't surprise me in the, in the least so you know i don't think they are, would they, are they all going to connect together uh, somehow the... i i feel like they might i mean do you do you have your your uh corkboard with the strings connecting all the pictures <laughs> at OMG. I should start putting that together, yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, um, so, yeah, I think that they also have some plot things for later, I guess. And yeah, they're, they're, they're planting they planting seeds for later, right? I don't know why I'm now oh, getting, that's... like, Welcome to the NHK vibes. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, only with radio instead of, like, the main character being a hikikomori of some kind? Like... Too, uh, everyone's a little more delusional and Welcome to the NHK than Wave listen to me, but... I would somehow say, by the thinnest of margins, the characters in Wave have their life slightly it's... better together than Welcome to the NHK, but... Because <laughs> there was some cult mixing up in that, too, if you recall. Huh. Yeah, huh. When, hmm. <laughs> and, like, you a know, pyramid scheme, also. Now that we're talking about this... Wave is going to have a cult arc, isn't it? Like, we might as well get ready <laughs> for it now. I, yeah. I feel like that's where we're going with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, bring it on, then. I'm, Is she going to fight a cult? We know she can fight. She fought a bear. She can fight a cult. Is right? this just going to become a... Is every plot line in, in Wave Listen to Me just going to be a sub-story from the Yakuza video games? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, the whole plot of this is, is Yakuza sub-story. Yeah, she's just going to infiltrate a cult. Right. I mean, it's getting on radio is already Yakuza yeah, sub-story. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Stumbling into radio, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Late night radio, huh? Uh-huh. I can see the appeal. <laughs> wow, wow. Um. Uh, I don't think we could get better than that, so. Yeah. All right, well, um, that's a good show, Artemis, if you're dropping something and want something to pick up. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see if I can get through six episodes of that before next week, I guess. Yeah, see see how see how you like it. I'll be interested because I you know, we have I think we have the me and G are the strongest uh, proponents of this show in the Glorio chat. I don't know if everybody's quite as high on it as we are, but 
Yeah, yeah, I know you. I know you're liking it too, Iro. Just I, I feel like me and G are like. Jill doubts your commitment. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're, well, we're the ones that are like, this is the best show of the season. Yeah, you know? sure, um, sure. Or maybe so, we're just uh, more prone to hyperbolic statements. That that might be true too. It's good for radio. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I like that anime too much for for probably for Kakushigoto to be knocked off the list of best anime of the season for me, but I'll give it a go. It's up there. I mean, yeah, it, it's. I think it's one of those two. If we're gonna. Yeah, at this, at this stage, pick one, but yeah, maybe it'll just come down to which one finishes. Yeah. Good <laughs> point. <laughs> All right, so I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, we'll uh, get to our housekeeping here. You can uh, check us out at theglorioblog.com. Follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, or YouTube. Um, that's pretty much it. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. We'll add that to the housekeeping at the end. <laughs> and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.